Hello, everybody. My name is Brady Pointer, host of The Point. It's going to be a great show. Got a big day ahead of us. Um, a couple coaching changes in the NFL. I'm going to talk about the games over the weekend. And give a little NBA update, a little Mavericks update. What's going on with the COVID situation in the NBA? It's looking kind of rough. Looking like they might have a stoppage in play. Got a, Got some more games canceled tonight. So, at least a game. And we'll see what the NBA wants to do about that. Rough situation probably was expected to happen since they don't have the bubble. But first, let's start off with a little NFL talk. Uh, Dallas Cowboys hired Dan Quinn to become the new defensive coordinator yesterday. I think it's a pretty solid hire. He was by far the best option out there. Uh, Cowboys hired or interviewed a few more people. I think the passing game coordinator from Carolina was interviewed. They had a senior executive on from on the Cowboys already that was interviewed. Um... I think they interviewed one more person, but Quinn was the only one who got a, or Quinn's what had two interviews. He had the Zoom call in the first one, and he was flown in yesterday for the face to face, and then shortly after that he was hired. And I think it'll be a pretty decent hire on the Cowboys' part. His scheme is pretty similar to what Marinelli ran in the past, so it'll be nice for some of these defenders that were that were under him can revert back to something they are familiar with. And it'll get Dan Quinn a chance to be a DC again. Um, When he was Atlanta being the head coach, of course, he was there for about five seasons. And and it was just, he he had to focus on too much. I believe he had to focus on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, obviously that's a a requirement for being a head coach. So if if he couldn't do that or if he, or if the ability to focus on both sides of the ball died down, you know, being able to come back and be a defensive-minded coach only, Will do him a lot of good. Uh, he was the DC in Seattle during the Legion of Boom era. That's the 2013 and 2014 seasons, and of course that defense was one of the best defenses of all time, and that bodes well uh, for a future outlook for this Dallas defense. Obviously, this Dallas defense doesn't have the talent that that Seattle defense had, but once again, that Seattle defense. Um, especially on the back end, wasn't working with a lot of high draft picks. They were t- taking a lot of lower draft picks, fifth, sixth rounders, fourth rounders, and turning them into stars. You know, Cam Chancellor was a fifth round draft pick. Richard Sherman was a fifth round draft pick. Byron Maxwell was a sixth round draft pick. You know, I know Earl was a first one, and then Bruce Irvin and Bobby Wagner were first and second round picks. So they they did mix some talent, some cream of the crop talent in there with some low round draft picks, and. It worked out for him, and they were able to become one of the best defenses of all time. So I'm hoping he can um, take some of that knowledge and take what he's done there and bring it back to Dallas and instill it in some of these players because he does not have he does not have the talent on this defense to do the things he did with that with that Seattle defense. And of course, there may be some more personnel changes that'll come along as well. The draft, I think Dallas is going to go defensive heavy in this draft, so it'll be interesting to see what. Um, he's able to work with once the season gets started. And I think it'll be nice for this defense to go back to something a bit simpler. Single gap, 4-3 front is what we're looking at here. Um, maybe a little bit more blitzing, blitzing than what Marinelli did. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I like the hire. I think he'll do well here. I think getting, getting him to focus on being a defensive coordinator again will do him a lot of good in this defense as well because, by God, they need it. This defense was trash. And uh, going over to Philadelphia, they fired Doug Peterson yesterday. After the end of the of Philly's final game against uh, against Washington, um, it was pretty obvious this was going to happen. 
either that or they were going to get rid of Wentz. And it looked like Peterson in the front office, Jeffrey Lurie, just they had a meeting and they couldn't figure out where they wanted to take the future of the organization. And I think they agreed that it was best if Peterson was let go. Uh, I think Peterson's already come up to, as a favorite for a few jobs, so it probably won't be long before he is brought on somewhere else. But now it's an interesting to see what they do with Carson Wentz. It kind of seems like they chose Wentz over Peterson, and it seems like Wentz may be more inclined to stay now that Peterson's gone. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch what happens there if they stick with the 2QB system, if they want to go with Jalen Hurts, if they want to try and stick and see what Wentz they have in Wentz. But I think if Carson Wentz, in his best interest, he needs to leave Philadelphia. I think a change of scenery is what's going to do him best. There's a few teams in the league that are in need of a quarterback. Chicago is one of those. I think that might be a good destination for him. They do have some weapons already in place. So I think that would be a better, a very solid destination for Wentz would be Chicago because Chicago needs to get rid of Trubisky. We'll talk about that later when we cover that game here in a minute. But once again, Philly, kind of a bleak situation. That's not really the one of the more attractive jobs out there. So it'll be um, interesting to see Adam Gase is a name thrown around. I think that would be an awful hire. I think Adam Gase isn't a very good head coach. The guy's been fired twice in five seasons. I know his situations weren't ideal. But usually when you're becoming a head coach of a team, your situation is not ideal, and it's your job to fix that and make it better, and he wasn't able to do that. This NFL offseason is going to be really going to be really fun to watch. And keeping an eye on that Philly situation, because um, I don't like, obviously I'm not a big Philly fan, so seeing them, seeing them struggle makes me happy. And uh, seeing what they do with their head coaching situation and that front office and their quarterback situation is just, it'll just be... Interesting to see what happens there because it is kind of bleak. Staying with the NFL, moving on to the week, past weekend's football games. We're going to do a quicker little review of them, what happened, what I liked, what I didn't like. Uh, start with the Bills and Colts. I, you know, the, Bills, the Colts came out and played a hell of a football game like I thought they would. Colts came out, they had a really good offensive game plan, ran the ball well, threw the ball well. That Bills defense was, was pretty shaky. Uh, missed a lot of tackles, didn't play good run defense, and that's going to be a problem for the Bills once they play the Ravens on Saturday if they cannot stop the run because that is what the Ravens do is run the football, and they run it very well. So that might be a struggle for the Bills. But I really I really do like how Indy came out and played this game. They took the L, but they played a very solid football game. I think it was a lot of it was just a little too little too, little too late. Um, they just didn't make – they didn't come out and start scoring until really the fourth quarter – and the Bills has already had a couple touchdown lead at that point. So, I, I kudos to the Colts for coming out and playing hard. You know, Phillip Rivers looked like he might come out and play another season. He looked pretty good. Uh, the Bills, the Bills offense looked fine. I didn't really have too much of an issue. I do have an issue with their defense. So, it, it will get ran all over by the Ravens if they come out and play like they did uh, against the Colts. But the, Raven, but the Bills do take on the Ravens on Saturday. It'll be another home game for the Bills. So and I I I I'm a, I'm a, I wouldn't mind to see Buffalo win. So I do like Josh Allen a lot, and I think it'd be nice to see the Bills get somewhere in the playoffs after not being able to do that while losing to Tom Brady for a decade, pretty much. So anyway, but the Bills need to play better defense if they are to beat the Ravens on Saturday. If they the run defense is like anything like it was against the Colts, they will lose against Baltimore. 
Rams and Seahawks was the next game. Rams took this one 30-20. I had the Seahawks winning this game, but the Rams D-line came out and put a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson. He wasn't able to adjust. And, you know, that's usually Russell's game is he enjoys getting out of the pocket and he's counting on to make plays because his offensive line is usually pretty shaky, and it was today. Um, and he just wasn't able to make the plays outside of the pocket that he normally makes. And that was a problem. So Cam Akers uh, was big was big guy for the LA Rams offense. Uh, they started John Wolford, but he went down early. So Goff finished the game, and Goff did okay. Uh, but they really relied on Cam Akers. 28 attempts, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so that offense busted out the run game, and it worked. They haven't really relied on the run game much this season. And it was nice for them. To, it was nice to see them be able to have that balance on the offensive side of the ball. Once again, but the Rams defense was the was the story of the game by far. They put a lot of pressure on pressure on Russell Wilson. That secondary really shut down Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf to the best of their ability. I think the Rams DC Brandon Staley had a fantastic game plan, and uh, it worked. And this defense was able to shut down one of the better quarterbacks in the league if, if the top three quarterback in the league in my opinion so Rams will take on Green Bay on Saturday that'll be another tough tough, tough test for the defense and even tougher test um, to see what the defense is really capable of because Green Bay in that offense has been on one the entire season so I think this will be a very 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 fun matchup that Rams defense versus that Green Bay offense on Saturday moving on Buccaneers took on the Washington football team. Buccaneers handled this game pretty easily. Um, it was 31-23, so it was within a score and a two-point conversion. But uh, Buccaneers are kind of in one of those games where they kind of in control the whole time. Washington did come out and play well. Uh, I think their offense came out and did the best they can. It just wasn't enough. No Alex Smith. Taylor Heineke was under center. And... It was just they just didn't have enough have enough juice on the offensive side of the ball. They I think they really need to look at that quarterback position in the offseason and get that fixed up. We I mean, another team looking for looking for a quarterback. So Bucks offense looked good again. Um, that they've as the as the season has ended came on the last you know since week ten week eleven that offense has been really really good. Uh, Tom Brady's found a nice balance with all of his receivers. You know Mike Evans six receptions 119 yards. Cameron Bate had Cameron Brait had four receptions, 80 yards. Antonio Brown had another touchdown. That's four straight games with a receiving TD. So this Bucks offense is looking really good with Tom Brady under center. They've got a lot of experience. They take on the Saints, who also have a lot of experience on Sunday. Tom Brady, Drew Brees matchup. It'll be fun to watch those offenses go at each other. And I'm interested to see what happens there. Couple couple old heads going at it. So that will be fun. I think the Saints are going to be a tough out. And uh, because they do have a lot of experience, they do have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. But anyway, I do like the Bucks. I do like how they I do like how they're moving the ball around on offense. Um, would like to see them more balanced with the run game, but that passing offense looks very solid. And they're gonna be tough to beat. And that defense, too, plays really good as well. They play a pretty weak offense in Washington. But overall, that defense is plays very soundly. And once again, that'll be a very all-around great matchup with that Bucks defense and that Saints offense and watching those offenses go at each other. So that Bucks saints game on Sunday is looking to be a good one. All right. 
Ravens-Titans, first game on the Sunday. Uh, credit the Ravens defense came out and played a fantastic game. Looked kind of shaky at first. Tennessee came out, had a touchdown and a field goal early, and then Lamar threw an interception. Looked like Tennessee was going to kind of run away with this one early, and then Tennessee just stopped scoring. Had 10 points early and then got nothing. The re- pretty much the rest of the game, so they got a late field goal. And that Ravens defense came out and shut them down. Uh, the Titans defense was unable to stop Lamar Jackson from running the football, doing what he does best. They didn't force him to use his arm, and they lost. So it was nice to see Lamar and the Ravens get over that hump, win that playoff game, win that big game. So good on the Ravens. I think if their defense is able to withstand what they did against the Titans to the Bills, I think the Ravens have a good chance to continue to move on and get to the AFC Championship game. Um, it'll just be depend on what Lamar's able to do with his legs. That's really that's really the big determining factor. If Lamar can beat you with his legs, you will probably lose the football game if you do not force him to use his arm at all. And that Titans offense, speak, you know, let's move on to that. That was nowhere to be found at all. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was rendered useless. He couldn't get the ball to A.J. Brown. Corey Davis got hurt. As the game went on, Derrick Henry guy king henry he'd been the best running back in the league all season long and he was nowhere to be found the dude was quiet all night long and you know that because the offensive line got got destroyed and running back success is usually based on how good your offensive line is when i say usually i mean 95 percent of the time offensive line play will determine how good your running game is and the offensive line play wasn't good for that game, so neither was the running game. And that's kind of how that works. So the Ravens took down the Titans pretty easily. Uh, they will take on the Bills on Saturday once again. Uh, that'll be another interesting game. I think Ravens have a good shot to win that game if they run the ball like they did against the Titans. Saints-Bears next. Saints controlled this game. Kind of like how the Bucks and Washington went. I think this was even more so on the Saints' end. I think the Saints... Uh, came out when did what they needed to do. Uh, they controlled a poor Bears offense. The Bears offense was not good enough to do anything. Mitchell Trubisky under center. They're not. They're they're hardly ever going to be good enough to do anything with Trubisky under center. They need to go out and find a different quarterback. Uh, David Montgomery had a quiet game. You know, one of his, his probably his first quiet games is coming off the injured list. Uh, the defense for the Bears didn't have Roquan Smith, so that was tough to have to handle that Saints offense without one of their best players. Uh, once again, the, and the Saints played really well. They had all their weapons. They had Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and they're going to be a tough out. Uh, they have a lot of experience. Drew Brees is looking like this might be his last run possibly, and he wants to make it count. With Sean Payton there as well, they're a well-coached team. They play pretty good all-around football, so I like the Saints to cause some troubles in the NFC. They play the Buccaneers on Sunday. And I think the Saints are going to be a tough out for that Tampa Bay squad. Next game, Browns and Steelers. This was a big one. Browns come out and drop 28 points in the first quarter against the Steelers. Just the Steelers. It's funny because of all the trash talking they did before game. All the bullshit with Juju Smith-Schuster and his dancing. And, you know, they started out 11-0. And then after that, they weren't that great of a football team. They really weren't. Their offense went to shit. And their defense still played well, but they weren't able to move the ball very well at all because, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, he, 
turned more into a game manager. He wasn't getting the ball downfield this year. He was really relying on his weapons to do a lot of the work. And it's hard to rely on that for an entirety of a season. And that Cleveland defense took advantage of that. They forced five turnovers. Um, Big Ben had four interceptions. And the the Browns knew what they needed to do. They had a very solid game plan. They were lacking their their head coach. So it it was interesting to see what their game plan was going to be coming into this because they didn't have their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, due to COVID. So... I like what the Browns did. They came out. Baker Mayfield had a really good game. Playoff Baker Mayfield might be a thing. I said he was going to be bad. That was a a wrong statement, it appears. So, good job on Baker. Good job on the Browns. Come out, and they put put it on Pittsburgh. They really did. And it probably is time for Big Ben to hang him up. So, it's going to be a nice shakeup in Cleveland. Or, not Cleveland. In Pittsburgh this offseason. See what they do. And we see what happens to that receiving core. Is Juju Smith-Suster going to stick around? Is he going to get... Is he going to want out now that he's the second or third receiver now? So, big offseason for Pittsburgh coming up. Very big offseason. Now, a little more NFL talk. Moving on to the NBA. NBA is struggling right now with COVID. Uh, The Mavericks had four players test positive yesterday. Had their game canceled against the Pelicans last night. Boston's having issues. They've had their third game in a row canceled tonight. So the COVID problems in the NBA are persisting. They've had to enact a bunch of new protocols. So limiting travel for teams. If you're on the road, you can't really go outside your hotel room. No guests anymore. I think the players are allowed to have at least two guests per room. And when players are in their home markets, they need to remain at home. So essentially a shelter-in-place order for NBA players. They're not supposed to go out unless it's for something essential or practice. And, you know, when it, when it comes to in-arena protocols, players can't get there more than three hours before tip. has to be three hours or less. Uh, pre-game meetings are 10 minutes or less. Players need to be wearing masks at all times when they're in the building, essentially. Um, the players must wear a mask when they're strength training. No more hugging, no more high fives. Uh, Pre- and post-game interactions are limited to fist bumps and elbow bumps. And once again, masks must be worn at all times by players and staff. So if a player is on the bench, they have a small cool-down period from when they come off the court to where they don't have to wear their mask. Once that cool-down period is over, players must put their masks on and return to their assigned seat on the bench until they are back in the game. So a lot more, lot stricter protocols coming from the NBA. Um... Of course, you know, in these meetings, if, if the, and once again, back to the meetings, um, if the team does have them, they need to be in a league approved space or an arena or somewhere big enough that everyone can socially distance. And that, you know, that can create problems in itself because these teams do have designated meeting areas and now they're going to have to change that and adjust. So let's we'll focus on the Mavericks specifically now. Uh, they had four positive tests yesterday. Uh, five players are listed as out tomorrow versus Charlotte. And I think that game is still scheduled to go on. I believe I saw a tweet by Brad Townsend that the Mavs were on the plane. Um, hadn't taken off yet. I'm pretty sure if it has or hasn't by now, I would need to check up on that. But anyway, if they're on the plane, that's a pretty decent sign. So, but anyway, the five players out tomorrow, Jalen Brunson, Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell, Josh Richardson, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, 
those are big hits because all five of those players are in the top eight in the team in minutes. So what Dallas will need to do is, well, luckily they'll have Chris Stapps back. They're expected to anyway. Chris Stapps was supposed to return last night against New Orleans. He wasn't able to because the game got can't or postponed. And seeing him out there on the court will be a huge bonus for this Mavericks team. Um, he, they've missed his presence in the paint on the offensive and defensive side, his ability to step outside on the offensive side of the ball and make threes from anywhere will help space the floor out, will help Luka and his shooting blows. And I and especially with the paint defense, Chris Stapps is a is a big presence down low. And he's very hard to miss and he blocks a lot of shots at a high level. And I think it'll be nice for Chris Stapps to return. This defense was pretty poor around the rim. They fixed they seem to have kind of fixed that issue by inserting Willie Colley Stein into the lineup. It'll be it'll be fun to see the lineup tinkering that Chris, that, uh, excuse me, uh, Carlisle, Rick Carlisle does. Does he stay big? Does he put Chris Stapps at the four and Willie, Willie Colley Stein at the five? I mean, that would be a pretty pretty formidable paint, de- paint paint defense the Mavericks would have if they went with that. But, of course, that goes goes in the floor spacing. Willie Colley Stein doesn't space the floor really well. And Luka really enjoys space to operate. So, um, the lineup tinkering will will be fun to watch with what, with what Carlisle does with his return. And, obviously... Um, being out those five main players will be tough for Dallas to overcome probably those players will be out at least until next this time next week so tough time for the NBA tough time for Dallas specifically their next game is tomorrow at tomorrow at Charlotte so in who they lost pretty lost a pretty poorly played game to them um, a couple weeks ago so it'll be nice to see what they can do with the bounce back they'll have Luka they're expected to have Chris Stapps. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there in Charlotte and what happens with the rest of the NBA season. Are they going to take a week, two week long break? Is that something they're, I've heard there was a report that they're expecting that might, that might be, that might happen. So NBA kind of a shit show right now, but wasn't to be expected. Yeah. Without the, but without the bubble technique that worked so well in the, in the playoffs last year, um, it was going to be tough to maintain, uh, maintain some of these games and keep players healthy so anyway that's it for the point nice little Mavs review nice little NFL review um, Cowboys making moves I like to see it hopefully they can draft well they really need to draft well the Dallas Cowboys do if they want to improve that defense because Quinn needs the help Quinn needs talent and any defense obviously needs talent but this defense specifically with how historically bad they were Anyway, this is The Point. My name is Brady Pointer. Thanks for listening. Uh, Please like and share and subscribe.